Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, this is Dr. Jennifer Daniels, and welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniels. And you are listening to Blake Radio Network. Rainbow Soul Station. Today's topic is prevent cognitive decline at your health food store. I kid you not. Can't make this stuff up. So the medical industrial complex has just sent a missive that would be an email to uh, most of the licensed physicians in the United States and even around the world informing them of the latest research. It indicates Alzheimer's can be reversed with simple ingredients that you can buy at your health food store. I tell you, it is a shocker. So, I felt obligated to share this with you. So I'm gonna share with you the experiment, what their findings were, the implications, and maybe even a few uh, things that this suggests in terms of things you can do, positively of course, to uh, save and even reverse your mental decline. Now, let's take a look. And so, this is dietary supplement may prevent cognitive decline. Now, you just have to understand everything the health, the medical industrial complex says is couched with the word may, because so many of their studies, of course, are bogus. So that's just a uh, just protocol. You can't say anything is, even if you did a study showing that, according to a study, this is the case. So. So, uh, this is an article written by Liam Davenport, whoever that might be. And so we're saying that's striking a balance. So the findings support the notion that nutraceuticals are more likely to be effective when taken in combination with other supplements rather than when taken alone as a single supplement. And this seems so obvious that it's almost absurd. In other words, who can live a life eating apples alone, or carrots alone, or just one particular food alone. So one food or one sub-substance does not a life make. Okay, but this is medical research, so let's continue. So our criteria for including things in the supplement were mainly that there was a scientific evidence to show that they worked on a particular mechanism. It didn't have to be that it had a great whole body effect because most individual supplements don't, she said. Now, of course, those of you who've been taking supplements, even individual supplements, know that many individual supplements have an incredible whole body effect. Uh, You know, vitamin A can reverse blindness. Iron can reverse anemia. And these have effects throughout the whole body. But again, this is a medical study, so we've got to somehow uh, diminish the effect of natural events. So this is typically because our cells are working in such a complex way that we have many mechanisms that are occurring simultaneously. And when something goes wrong, it's usually knocking everything out of balance. Okay, that made absolutely no sense. In other words, 
if one thing going wrong could knock everything out of balance, then correcting that one thing with one supplement should be able to restore everything back to balance, right? So basically you have one paragraph saying one thing and the next paragraph totally contradicting it. But let's go on. You can see why medical students get bleary-eyed and confused. So Dr. Lemon explained that when the level of one particular component is increased in the cells, you tend to also knock everything out of whack. If this were really the case, then a glass of water should just lay everyone out of their back. He goes on to say that a lot of studies have shown that high doses of single things, like vitamin E, for instance, can create disease and make diseases worse. And of course, we all know that those studies were done with synthetic vitamin E, but this is not uh, mentioned in this study, but that's okay. We can still keep going. We're going to get to the good part. A lot of that has to do with the fact that the cell works optimally when it's balanced, and when you put one thing in, particularly something that is used as an antioxidant, you can turn it into a pro-oxidant, worsening the free radical production within the cell, she said. So in other words, if you take an antioxidant, it can do the exact opposite. Another piece of nonsense, of course. But again, let's keep going before we get to the good part. One aspect of the supplement that sets it apart from a novel pharmaceutical agent, novel means new, something you can make a patent on and get lots of money for, is that it is not subject to the same degree of intellectual property protection. That means you can't patent it. Owing to the fact that it is composed of nutraceuticals that are available in health food stores. Of course, this is scandalous that anybody could get anything in a health food store that might be helpful to them. For example, I remember when I was in medical school, 1981 it was, we were studying hypertension, and of course, one thing doctors do is they give people water pills, which means that their potassium is low, and then we have to give a potassium supplement. I was shocked. Oh my God, people can buy potassium over the counter in health food stores? Now what are we going to do? Of course, I was just a little lowly medical student sitting in my chair saying, wait, if I have nothing unique to offer, then why should anyone come see me? And so this is uh, apparently a notion held by more than just uh, beginning medical students. And so this is perceived off the bat as a problem, that these nutraceuticals, nutra means nutritional things, suticals means has uh, powerful healing powers, would be available in health food stores. So acknowledging that this will always be a problem here, Dr. Lemon says that, that although a company has licensed the formulation from McMaster University to commercialize it, it is likely that it should be the supplement, um, that the supplement will be shown to have similar effects in humans. People would try to make versions of it. There are, however, some very specific things that we've done to try to make that a little bit more difficult, Dr. Lemon said. So here you have foods that can cure Alzheimer's, and these doctors who have discovered this are saying, wait a minute, we have to make it difficult for people to put this together and use it without paying a large corporation for permission. Okay, so specifically, she noted uh, that mice, this is, uh, they did studies uh, in mice, do not have diurnal, that means two times a day, rhythms, such as those seen in humans. So the team has therefore worked on formulating the supplement as two pills, one to be taken in the morning and the other in the evening, depending on what function uh, 
they want to uh, enhance. So the uh, situation here then is if they've discovered that a combination of nutritional supplements reverses Alzheimer's and now they're trying to make a way so that uh, people uh, can't get it without creating um, the desired level of profits for a drug company. So let's see what this is. So a dietary supplement containing ingredients commonly found in health food stores appears to prevent the decline in brain structure and function typically seen in Alzheimer's disease. The results of an animal study indicate. So in a mouse model of accelerated aging and severe cognitive decline, that means Alzheimer's, a combination of vitamins and minerals, as well as nutraceuticals such as beta-carotene, which is vitamin A. Now, this is the vitamin A, the uh, pro form of vitamin A, that the FDA has been lowering the daily requirements. And it was, the daily limit was, uh, you know, 30,000, then it went down to 20,000, 25,000, then 20,000. And now they recommend that you not take any more than 10,000 IUs of vitamin A. This is what the FDA is recommending. That people literally restrict their vitamin A for fear of liver damage. And so now we're seeing that adding vitamin A prevents Alzheimer's. That would be beta-carotene. Then bioflavonoids. And those of you who don't know what bioflavonoids are, simple way of thinking of it is bioflavonoids is that white part of the grapefruit that you don't like to eat. You can also find that white pith in uh, lemons. And everybody's favorite, of course, cod liver oil, uh, flaxseed, garlic, and green tea extract. That's it. It was found that these things not only maintained brain cell numbers and mass and cognitive function, read intelligence, but also appeared to prevent deterioration of sight and smell as well. So if you take these supplements, you're going to be able to think better, see better, and smell better. Not a bad deal. So a study was led by Jennifer Lemon, PhD, research associate in the Department of Medical Physics and Applied Radiation Sciences, McMaster University. That's in Canada. She said that she was shocked, shocked, along with everybody else, that a nutraceutical combination that's considered by most practitioners in the medical field to be either ineffective or harmless can actually have such a profound effect on function. So they were shocked. And uh, this doctor told uh, Medscape Medical News that she's nevertheless optimistic that the effects of the supplement will translate into humans. One of the main reasons is that the supplement works on fundamental mechanisms that are pretty much ubiquitous, that's everywhere, across any organism that breathes air, essentially. So, these mechanisms, which include oxidative stress, inflammation, and mitochondrial dysfunction, happen in a multitude of species as they get older and are not limited to human beings. And so this can be, this has been recreated in a mouse model. Now, the important thing to uh, understand here is, well, what is the mouse model? Well, the mouse model is a transgenic growth hormone mouse. In other words, a mouse that has been genetically altered by human beings is getting Alzheimer's very quickly, much quicker than a normal mouse. 
And this is actually uh, kind of a red flag that the modern day causes of Alzheimer's The modern-day causes of Alzheimer's are actually induced by the medical-industrial complex. Um, so, in this study, of course, the Alzheimer's was induced by uh, medical intervention. Okay, so these mice are characterized by faster aging accompanied by severe cognitive decline, as well as long-term oxidative stress, insulin resistance, that means mild diabetes, and other traits. So these mice are some serious sickos. Um, for the current study, the team mated heterozygous um, genetically defective mice and normal mice to create equal numbers of healthy and genetically altered mice. So the mice were then randomly assigned at weaning, either to receive a liquid from the supplement every day with doses of the ingredients adjusted to correspond to the amounts recommended for humans or to be left untreated. And the mice then underwent a series of tests to determine the severity of their age-related stupidity, or Alzheimer's, uh, by their motor function deterioration and overall movement. And their brains were examined for uh, histologic changes and the degree of apoptosis cell death, and changes in cell counts were assessed. In other words, at the end of the study, the mice were killed, their brains were uh, cut open, and looked at under the microscope. So single photon emission computed tomography and positron emission tomography scanning was also performed. That would be uh, PET scanning. And so the team found that compared with normal mice, the untreated genetically defective mice displayed brain cell losses, deterioration of sensory function, and reductions in cerebral metabolic rate. It means it just, uh, the, the brain couldn't do things as quickly. And blood perfusion that were equivalent to those seen in patients with Alzheimer's. In other words, there's a lack of blood to the brain and the brain activity was very slow. Specifically, the mice had a 50% loss or more at a cellular level, a 36% reduction in brain mass, and at least two-fold reductions in brain metabolism and blood flow at one year of age. Furthermore, in the untreated genetic mice, their ability to move and think were severely compromised. So these were some certified idiots. These mice were stupid. So though, although the supplement did not have significant effects on the brain cell and numbers in normal mice, it has striking effects on the genetically defective mice. So the mice who were prone to get Alzheimer's were substantially affected and improved by these supplements, whereas a normal mice was not improved and also not harmed, so that's important to know. With the supplement, brain mass and brain cell density were maintained at levels seen in young mice. In other words, the genetic mice failed to deteriorate as expected when they had the supplement. So the brain metabolic activity was comparable to that in normal mice. So in other words, literally, this supplement interfered with the genetically predetermined deterioration of blood of brain function. This is awesome. This is what we call epigenetics. In other words, these supplements were literally able to overcome the mouse's genetic defect, which was designed to cause 
Alzheimer's. This has a lot of implications in humans. For example, let's say vaccine-damaged individuals uh, or people whose genetic expression has been compromised by toxicity or poisoning. So this is a very, actually, interesting research. The results also show that the supplement restored cognitive function in these genetically defective mice and led to improvements in motor coordination. So in other words, once the mouse lost intelligence, adding these supplements actually restored the lost intelligence. Amazing. Now this I also noticed in my medical practice. Uh, I had one uh, patient, for example, who was mentally retarded. She was classified as mentally retarded, no doubt about it. And um, when I changed her diet, which is again her nutrition, so we're talking about here nutraceuticals, nutrition, her IQ soared and literally uh, went to the high normal end. In other words, she was able to understand things, she was able to ask intelligent questions, she was able to uh, take action uh, and accomplish things that she wanted to accomplish. Whereas in her mentally retarded state, malnourished state, um, she was very slow and not able to figure out very much. Like she had difficulty finding doorways, for example. So um, I've actually observed this to indeed be the case. And so what they're saying then is the supplement was associated with a twofold increase in brain perfusion. That's a fancy word for twice as much blood got to the brain. This is basically restoring them to normal because here in the study, the genetically defective mice had a 50% loss in uh, brain circulation. So literally, these supplements restored the circulation of blood to the brain to normal. So this is, this is awesome. The result also showed that the supplement restored cognitive function and led to significant improvements in their motor coordination. So in other words, they could think as well as normal mice, and they could move as well as normal mice. It also appeared to reduce anxiety. The team found the supplement appeared to offset deterioration of visual acuity in these genetically altered mice who were programmed to basically be stupid and blind. It was associated with increases in the thickness of the retinal outer nuclear layer, an outer segment of 26 and 29 percent, compared to uh, untreated defective mice. So the mice who got the supplement, even though they were genetically defective, developed or maintained good eyesight. This is not surprising because your eyeball is simply a piece of your brain that's been pulled out through a socket and is in touch with the external environment. So your eyeball is actually just a, a piece of your brain. So the genetically defective mice, TGM is what they're called, that received the supplement also showed improvements in olfactory sensitivity, that means smell, and greater numbers of mitral cells in the olfactory bulb. Now the olfactory uh, bulb, all this um, terminology, is again, these are two tabs of the brain that are pulled out of the skull and they sit right across the upper roof of your nose. So literally, when the air goes in your nostrils, it hits the roof of your nose where these two tabs that are basically brain, brain cells or brain material sit there. And so these supplements uh, restore every part of the brain, even those olfactory tabs, which is very interesting. So as much as smelling loss is associated with an increased risk of developing severe uh, 
neurodegenerative conditions, that means Alzheimer's. The researchers say these findings suggest that the supplement may be offsetting neurodegeneration throughout the brain. So every single piece of brain cell is improved. This is just, uh, this is stunning. And so uh, they find it's, of course, shocking and it's troublesome that no patent will be applied. Let's take a closer look. It's always nice to take a closer look. Okay, so what's our closer look? Our closer look is to take a look at the uh, ingredients that they're talking about. So you're talking about trace minerals. Well, we know what trace minerals are, right? We're experts on that one. There are trace minerals, and then, of course, there are trace minerals. But the best form of trace minerals, the most diverse form, is shilajit, S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T, shilajit. And this has a range of 84 trace minerals. And how much does shilajit cost? Shilajit costs, more or less, $20 per 100 grams. So that's $20 per 100 grams. And beta-carotene, how much does that cost? Well, it costs $6 an ounce, and an ounce being uh, 30 grams. So we would say, more or less, that would be 20 cents a gram. So what I want to do then is reconstruct what's the price of uh, a supplement if we had one gram of each one of these things. So one gram of beta-carotene is going to run us 20 cents. Bioflavonoids, in all honesty, I think we can say that one gram of bioflavonoids would be zero. We'll just call it free because this is a rind of a grapefruit. And cod liver oil sells for $4 a pound from the animal supply place. And a pound is more or less 450 grams. And so we would have to say that more or less it would be about a penny a gram for the cod liver oil. What about flaxseed? Flaxseed now sells for $3 a pound, so that would be $3 for 450 uh, grams. Again, let's just round that up to one penny a gram. Garlic is now selling for $5 a pound, which is a pretty penny. And so that's going to be 1.5 cents a gram. We'll round it up, call it two cents. Two cents a gram. And we said that the uh, shilajit is $20 per 100 grams. So that's going to bring us to 20 cents a gram. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five. We've got five ingredients here. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, green tea extract. That's interesting, green tea extract. Well, so let's just say, how much does a, a gram of green tea cost? We'll just say green tea, more or less, is $2 uh, for an ounce of green tea. So that's $2 for 30 grams of green tea. So we're going to say a gram is uh, going to run you about, let's see, 30 grams for a few bucks. Mm. I'm going to say it's going to come six cents. So the green tea is expensive. That'll be six cents a gram. All right, so 
for a supplement that's one, two, three, four, five, six grams, seven grams, so six, eight, ten. That's thirty cents for six grams. In other words, a dose being one gram, that would be five cents for a dose. This is not looking good for uh, profit. Not looking good at all. Um, so in other words, a person could go to a health food store and take a look at these ingredients, buy them themselves between the health food store and the animal feed store, and get everything for this uh, Alzheimer's antioxidant supplement, restore your IQ back to when you were 26, for five cents a dose. This is, this is pretty shocking. And so the researchers now are looking for a way to protect the patent by using complex dosing schedules of take this pill in the morning and that one in the afternoon, and all kinds of ways of obfuscating, that's a fancy word for hiding or concealing, the actual formula itself. So, this is shocking. Now, you can bet your bottom dollar that if they could sell this thing for the usual uh, drug company markup, which would be uh, $10 a pill, so you know, it's five cents to make and sell it for $10 a pill. That's actually a pretty modest price when you're looking at Alzheimer's, of course. Uh, the inability to do that means that this is just kind of sitting here. And what happens to us doctors is we read an article like this and we say, oh, wow, that's awesome. Oh, I can't wait till that pill comes out so I can start prescribing it. And guess what? It never comes out. It never comes out. So, um, and that's and that's pretty much what's going to happen. This this so-called supplement will not uh, will not see the light of day, unless less than until um, they can do what was done in the EU, which is lower the amount of vitamin A permissible. And so the only way to get uh, a therapeutic or effective level of vitamin A in a supplement form would be to go to the doctor for a prescription and ta-da! It would be uh, something like this. Now, people are <sighs> saying that they want to know exactly what is in this supplement. And again, this particular supplement has not hit the market. And it has not hit the market because you can buy all this stuff at your local health food store. And that is the problem. And so you've got to Do it yourself. So let's see the do it yourself model. The do it yourself model is you go over to Amazon and you buy vitamin A. You can actually buy vitamin A. And um, it comes as vitamin A, vitamin E combination. And obviously, you want to go for the A that has the E, which is mixed to coferols, not synthetic. So you get that. Then bioflavonoids, you go to the store and you buy a lemon will do, or a lime will do, or a grapefruit. And you peel out that uh, shiny outer area, and then you've got the pith, there's your bioflavonoids. All right, so now you've got your bioflavonoids, then you get your cod liver oil. Now some people say, oh, you know, cod liver oil gets rancid. 
I think it's because you're not eating it fast enough. You know, go ahead and take that one or two tablespoons a day. Yep, not a teaspoon, not half a teaspoon, but one or two tablespoons a day, and you will find that you will drink down that whole four ounce um, bottle in eight days. Because one ounce is two tablespoons, you take a tablespoon a day, buy a four ounce bottle, you'll go through a bottle a week. Not time enough for that to get rancid. But I know what you mean. My cod liver oil is still sitting in my refrigerator, and that bottle has been there for a good six years, and I'll bet you it is rancid. So, that's the cod liver oil story. Um, Flaxseed, it is cheapo. Now it sells for $3 a pound. Buy it whole, though. Do not buy ground flaxseed. Why? Because it's already rancid before you get it home. So here's what you do with your, your flaxseed. You take... Uh, of course, I like high doses of flaxseed, but again, we're talking about a study. So we're looking at flaxseed, uh, two tablespoons. You can put it in a cup of water, let it sit overnight, stir it up, drink it the next morning, or you can next morning grind it. So if you grind it after it's soaked, you get the omega-3s and you get the proteins. Again, these are whole foods, so it's not clear what part of what is doing the job. And so if you soak your flaxseed overnight and then grind it the next day, you have access to absolutely all the nutrients. And garlic, uh, I'm guessing one little clove a day is more than enough for the purposes of this study. Then of course there's green tea extract. I would say a teaspoon of green tea, uh, herb or leaf with boiling water poured over it, steeped for five minutes. That's pretty much it. Now what you can do, there are many ways to take this. You can prepare each thing separately as I outlined, or you can just take the green tea, mash it with the garlic and the flaxseed and some cod liver oil and, bi and bioflavonoids and grind it up and sprinkle some vitamin A over it and uh, you know take a half teaspoon a day or half teaspoon twice a day and you're pretty much, that's about the size of it, you're done. And again, this is going to come out to... Uh, as I say, amortized over every dose to a price of between uh, five cents and ten cents a dose. So, uh, someone's mentioning vitamin A powder. Yeah, you can buy vitamin A powder, but again, you gotta mix it with fat, and you do have to make sure it's pure. My favorite place to buy anything pure is purebulk.com. Let's take a look and see if they carry vitamin A. At pure bulk. Oops, back it up. Let's see what they say. Uh huh. Vitamin A palmitate. Two dollars and seventy-five cents. For 25 grams, two dollars and 75 cents for 25 grams. Uh, that's almost embarrassing. Again, we're down to uh, well, this is pretty high actually. This is 10 cents, uh, 10 cents a gram. So that is uh, one way to do it. Now they're saying you use this to add it to milk to fortify it with vitamin A, but obviously you don't get to do what they say. Once you buy it, you get to do what you want with it. So, 
all these uh, ingredients are available to the layperson for really a pittance, not very much money at all. And so what person has to, or the industry has to, real, has to rely on really is just the laziness of the individual. So what does this mean? Well, this means there are a lot of folks lying in nursing homes and a lot of folks at home about to go to nursing homes that maybe wouldn't have to go. And so you can see then why this kind of uh, discovery is, is just simply really ignored. Because as the researcher said, it's just not practical. It's just not practical. It's not ready to uh, create the level of profits that the industry requires. And so, of course, if it's not ready to be produced because it won't create the profits, I get that, I get that. You don't want anyone going into business at a loss, sure. But why not just share knowledge with the public? I mean, you know, the research uh, happened at a government-certified university, what the heck? Or maybe the government could just buy uh, research rights and then just send the information to all citizens in the United States the same way you announce other things. Um, the same way you publicize Ebola or Zika. Why not publicize this remedy for Alzheimer's? Could be, huh? But apparently it has not happened. I'm sure there are very good reasons for this. Uh, of course, nobody consulted me or um, asked me about it. However, uh, this is something you can do, something you or a relative can just literally take the ball and run with it. And I'd just like to again point out that many of these ingredients are ones that the public has been warned not to eat. Beta carotene, oh my God, you might get too much of it. Bioflavonoids, oh that nasty pith in the grapefruit, don't bother it. High liver oil, oh my God, don't eat it, it might be rancid. Um, flaxseed, oh eat the ground up pulverized part that is rancid. Garlic, get this. Okay, so I've gone to, to ashrams and done meditation to gurus and all that stuff. And what do gurus say? Never, ever eat garlic. Garlic will interfere with your awakening, will interfere with your enlightenment. And so uh, that is, so people are, are warned against garlic. And recently, if you go online and check, they'll say, oh, garlic, garlic causes Alzheimer's and forgetfulness. Don't do that. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Don't, don't consume garlic. Well, that's ridiculous. And so here we have it. Do what you want with it. I say, hey, the medical industrial complex chooses what research it wants to believe. You can choose which research you want to believe. And, of course, it's... Research produced by a credible source, the medical industrial complex. And so people can um, take this and run with it. Personally, I think if it does all this for the mice, by golly, if these mice were genetically altered and destined to be stupid, I mean, they were like from before birth designed to be stupid, and these supplements turn it around and gave them average intelligence, average intelligence. And of course, for normal mice, it did no damage, and they're not sure it did any um, benefit for normal mice. But again, all, it's, everything is in um, study design. But I think this is something that 
for your loved ones who are suffering. And what would I recommend? I would recommend about one or two grams of each ingredient, grind it up, pound it in, and um, you know, give your loved one about a quarter teaspoon twice a day, see how it goes. And then you can um, just ease it up. <laughs> okay, so that is the, uh, the Alzheimer's thing. And I think it's a wonderful thing brought to us, of course, by the Medical Industrial Complex. Cure and reverse Alzheimer's at your health food store. Awesome. Who could ask for more? Now, of course, your doctor, if you read this article, has not yet been given the go-ahead. Nope, nope, nope. Your doctor cannot tell you about this because a standard of care protocol has not yet been written, which includes this. Correct. Now, the other thing, though, that is that Alzheimer's is caused and worsened by many uh, pharmaceuticals, many drugs, blood pressure medications, proton pump inhibitors. Um, a lot of drugs actually bring on Alzheimer's and make it worse. So if you have someone that you think is getting just a little bit too stupid, take a look at their drugs and um, see if they can't improve the food they eat and take a few less drugs. Now these uh, mice were stupid all by themselves without even having to take any drugs. And so, as I said, this is a really wonderful, wonderful breakthrough that you can actually take your regular food and eat it and it will reverse Alzheimer's. Wonderful. So, I am ready to take questions. And let me see if I can uh, give people a little bit of help here with questions. So, if people have questions, we have a call-in line, which is 914-338-0695. And as always, there's a chat room, healingwithdrdaniels.chatango.com. Okay, now when I answer your question, unfortunately, you may get disconnected afterwards uh, of my technical limitations, basically. Uh, I'm not an expert at this. So, here we go. I am clicking on somebody's question to answer. Hi, you're on the air. What's your question? Hi, Dr. Daniels. It's slightly off topic, but I'm curious about something. Uh -huh. uh, a week ago Monday, my 79-year-old uncle had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And they take him to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And for three days, they absolutely refused to let him have water. Mm-hmm. Uh, he begged for water, and they said, no, we're not giving you any water. Mm -hmm. And all they would give him was a wet sponge to wet his tongue and, and lips. Mm -hmm. Why do they do that? Now, there's two reasons. Of course, there's the stated reason, and then there's the real reason. So the, the stated reason would be, well, we have you on intravenous fluids, and we're giving you all the fluid you need through your veins, so you don't need any more, even if you're thirsty. That's the stated reason. Um, the actual reason is if uh, they dehydrate him, his, his heart attack will actually deepen, and then they can move into the intensive care unit and get paid even more money. Well, I, of course, I've been listening to you for almost four years, and you regularly talk about, you know, uh, if you have a heart attack, the importance of drinking plenty of water. Right. And it just amazes me that they... Uh, 
for as much as he begged for water, they said, no, we're not giving you any. It's not the standard of care. The standard of care is written to worsen and deepen disease. And doctors are trained to follow and obey the standard of care. Without question, because the standard of care is written by who? Well, people who have had more experience, people who know. And so doctors are told, suspend mm -hmm. judgment, suspend reason, and just follow the standard of care. Well, short of getting to the point that I could put this concoction together for the brain, <laughs> uh, is, <laughs> well, I'm blind, Doc, and I'd have trouble getting the mixture put together, but uh, is N-acetylcysteine still helping? It is still help. You do need, with N-acetylcysteine, to follow a you know, reasonably good diet free of uh, processed foods. Uh, so I have not tried out this particular uh, mix that they have. However... Uh, based on what they recommend, um, I believe that following the basic instructions that I give in the Candida Cleaner document and taking N-acetylcysteine would give uh, similar uh, results. All right. Thank you, Doc. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. We have another question. Oh, you're naming your question? Um, hi, Dr. Dennis. Oh, my name is Tanya. Oh, it's it's a two part question, pretty short. One, what what is your take on moringa powder, and um, what um, if you seem to have like inflammation, like a heat coming from your body, but you don't have a fever? Um, what does that mean, and what can you do to um, calm that down? You said if you have what, but you don't have a fever. Like you, you feel like like a body heat. Oh yeah, I got it. Mm -hmm. Coming, yeah. yeah. And what can you do to the kind to to revert to stop that? If you feel hot, but you you don't have a fever, so you take your temperature and um, you don't have a fever, but you feel hot. What that means is that you still have either a bunch of toxins or parasites in your body that your immune system is trying to get rid of. And the thing to do is to either do an enema, in which case the hot feeling usually goes right away, or you could take a turpentine dose, or you could take charcoal. So any of those three uh, by themselves or in combination totally gets rid of that uh, hot feeling. But you should not ignore that hot feeling. We as doctors in medical school are trained that when someone feels hot, if there's no temperature, oh, ignore it. Let's just wait till you get a fever. And when you get a fever, then we'll spring into action with an antibiotic. So that's the feel hot uh, portion. And so since you're just a layperson, you don't have a license, you don't have to stick to the standard of care, you can do what you want. So I would say if you feel hot, don't ignore it. Um, take some charcoal or take some turpentine or do an enema. And you can find out more about that at vitalitycapsules.com forward slash candida where I have a special report that you can download for free. Moringa powder, yes. Okay, so, <laughs> at the risk of making a lot of enemies, which I might do, uh, Moringa powder is just another uh, marketing ploy to sell things that grow in the tropics to folks who don't live in the tropics. Uh, Moringa is a uh, tree that has leaves that are extremely nutritious. And I live in the tropics, and I have uh, Moringa trees in my yard, and I have eaten Moringa leaves, and they taste mysteriously identical to collard greens. So I would say, eat your collard greens and eat your kale, eat your spinach and your Swiss chard. And if you blend all four of those together in a dish or eat them uh, over a period of a week, 
you're pretty much going to get the same effect as Moringa powder. Uh, so that's my slant on Moringa. Alright, we have another question. Hi, question? Hello? Hello? Yes, did you have a question? Hello? Yes. Hi, I'm Brandon. Mm -hmm. I was wondering how you feel about the glucose test for pregnant women. Yeah, that's a good question. How do I feel about the glucose test for pregnant women? Why don't we say, how do I feel about any test for pregnant women? Um, there's no evidence that any testing of pregnant women at all is indicated. And so if you or a loved one is being subjected to something called prenatal care, I would suggest you discreetly just stop showing up. Um, all of the research evidence, again, done by the medical industrial complex himself, suggests that prenatal care does not improve uh, maternal or fetal outcomes. In fact, um, prenatal care increases maternal mortality six-fold. Yeah, that's a lot. So uh, prenatal care is not a good idea. So let's go back to the glucose test. So the glucose test in, um, for pregnant women, they'll give a woman basically syrup, which will drive her blood sugar really high, which will stress a baby that was otherwise doing quite well, thank you. And many of these tests give a false positive. So it's the old practice of... In inducing a disease so that you can measure it, detect it, and overtreat it. So I personally, if I were a pregnant lady, would not submit to a glucose test. In fact, for all three of my babies, I did not submit to the glucose test. Um, it might be the person you're talking about is over uh, 40 or some other high-risk category. But now they have got so many so-called tests for women when they're pregnant, it's just outrageous. And one thing that happens when you're pregnant is you naturally develop an anemia. So your blood is diluted because you now you've got to develop blood volume for you, for the baby, for the placenta, a lot of work. And then this glucose test, they literally take blood from this poor lady, uh, you know, every 30 minutes. Blood that she cannot spare. So I, I'm totally against it, but that's just, uh, you know, my opinion. After all, I had my third baby at home. I said I had enough. First one I had in the hospital... Nothing went wrong, nothing went right either. I feel like, hey, they didn't do much of anything. Bad. It was harmless. Showed up the second time, they nearly killed me. I ended up in there 16 days, had two surgeries. I said for the third one, you know what? I might not do any better if I stay home, but I don't think I could do any worse. So I stayed home, sat on the floor. I even drank Kool-Aid. And uh, the baby was born two and a half hours later, no problem. So that's my slant on it. Thank you very much, Doc. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Okay. Probably not exactly what everyone is expecting to hear, but what the heck. All the more reason to tune in. All right. We got tons of questions in the chat room. So let's go check it out in the chat room. <laughs> okay. Uh, a uh, miscellaneous question, Dr. Nancy, you notice in your experience that when a tumor is removed surgically, the cancer immediately spreads to other organs of the body. I'll go you one further. I've noticed that when lipomas are removed, cancers show up in the body. So in other words, whenever you have a localized tumor someplace, that means your body, your immune system, has successfully focused and isolated uh, the cancer, that's what you want to call it, in one spot and is basically working on it. And when someone intervenes with surgery by removing the so-called tumor, what happens is the tumor is dynamic. It's in a state of constant uh, flux, usually increasing. So if you haven't changed your lifestyle, 
literally your body is taking all of the chemicals, poisons, parasites, and moving into that one central location. And so when you take out the tumor, you take out the uh, encasement or really the vessel that was holding all these things. And the body continues uh, to want to bring things there. But even worse, it's like, oh, wait a minute, our, our storage spot was taken away. So then you have this random, chaotic, putting stuff everywhere. And the medical industrial complex uh, reinterprets this as the cancer spreading. But uh, I would definitely say the less medical intervention uh, of any kind, the best. Okay. Okay, someone says, let's see. Hmm. Okay. They're talking about uh, okay, the, the caller who called in about his loved one who had a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned all kinds of things that you could do. But when I had been in the hospital, which hasn't been very often, I have always had my family sneak in food that I want to eat, even if the doctor didn't say that I could or could not have it. And my relatives would say, oh, my God, the doctor said you couldn't have it. I said, close the door. Close the door and hand me the food. And I would just eat it. And as you can see, I'm here to tell you about it. Whereas a lot of people who followed doctor's orders became malnourished, and that's actually uh, one of the causes of uh, doctor assisted death in the hospital. The doctor literally starves a person to death um, by writing orders like um, sponge sticks only. Okay. Dr. Dale, if you're trying to sneak your loved one a glass of water and cayenne in the doctor's office or the hospital, could they charge you with interfering with doctor's care? Um, there is no such charge. The charge would not be interfering with doctor's care. The charge would be endangering your loved one. So it would be human endangerment. That would be the charge. Uh, would it be best to not go in the first place? Absolutely. Uh, so, so you're not held captive. Yes. Once you enter a hospital, you are captive. That's what those guards are for. They are there to keep the sick people in and to keep people from defending themselves if and when they realize that they are being assaulted by the standard of care. That's why you need police in the hospital. The, p the police are there to ensure the uninterrupted transaction of business. That is what they are there for. Those security guards and stuff in the hospital are not there for patient protection. If they were there for patient protection, you wouldn't have 214,000 patients being killed in hospitals every year as a result of their medical therapy. So the guard is there to make sure Every one of those 214,000 people who's destined to die from their medical therapy gets their medical therapy. That's what they're there for. And so, yes, first it's best not to go. That's number one. But should you go, again, it's best to insist on your privacy, to sit with your loved one, close the door, uh, you know, bring a bag with whatever food you think is appropriate. I would recommend that you make something in your juicer. And... Um, have your loved one take a few sips real quick before anyone opens the door. Um, that's that is what I would do, especially if you're married to the person. You know, um, you know, go in, visit, close the door, and actually lock the door. Yeah, lock the door, and let them know that hey, you know, we're we're married, we have a license, and give the other person whatever food that you think they they should have or that they've decided that they want to request. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, so what do they say here? Mm. Dr. Nance, what should a person do if they don't have um, cayenne 
powder to stop a heart attack. Um, yes, it is okay to use either crushed chili flakes as is, or to take the chili flakes um, and put them in a little grinder and then mix them with uh, vinegar. Okay. Uh, Dr. Daniels, I really like N-acetylcysteine. I'm a big fan. Okay, so we have someone who's taking N-acetylcysteine to make themselves more intelligent and they like it. Yes. <laughs> yes, Dr. Daniels, I, have, uh, I am aware that the yogis are big on pushing the sattvic diet and avoiding rajasic foods, the spicy stuff like garlic and peppers. Yeah, exactly. You need to uh, have your followers avoid uh, garlic and hot pepper because it might give them backbone. They might revolt. They might not be as obedient. And so if you're a yogi or a guru, then definitely your followers should not be eating garlic. However, if you are an adult, then you should <laughs> eat all the garlic you want. And as you can see by this study, eating garlic has actually been shown to reverse Alzheimer's. And so you realize then that when people tell you, oh, don't eat garlic, it's too stimulating, what they're really telling you is they want to keep you stupid. And I mean, that's okay. They have a right to their opinion, of course. But you can decide whether or not you want to be a part of that or whether you want to go along with that. Uh, another example I'll give you is when I was in, in the hospital with my first uh, child, I was, I was starving. I was hungry. And so my mother was with me, and the nurse comes in and says, Oh, would you like a tray for your guest? And my mother says, Oh, no. I said, Oh, of course we would. We would love to have a tray for our guest. So I bought a tray of food, and my mother looked at me and said, Well, I don't want anything to eat. I said, Don't worry about it. And the lady walked out of the room. I told my mother, Close the door. She says, Well, of course. I said, Close the door. She closed the door. I reached over, grabbed the tray, and inhaled everything on the tray. It must have taken me all four minutes to eat the whole thing. I said, okay, that's great. Pushed the tray over towards her and said, okay, open the door. But you've just got to use your judgment. And if you know that half of everything doctors are taught in medical school is false, then you know that at least half of all the information they tell you of the advice they give you has got to be false. It just, it just follows, right? So... Uh, if you, in your own wisdom, decide you want to do something that maybe the doctor didn't recommend, it is probably the best thing to do. Okay. Dr. Daniels, how much vitamin A do you recommend a day? That's an interesting question. So, of course, I don't agree with the FDA, and of course, you can, you know, use the FDA guidelines if you like. But I personally recommend at least 25,000 a day. At least um, that. Um, obviously, this is not medical advice. I don't have a license. I used to, but I don't have a license anymore. So this is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, go see a licensed medical doctor. So my opinion is um, vitamin A, 25,000 uh, a day. That would be a good therapeutic dose to get you in a position where if you have a problem, vitamin A deficiency isn't going to be part of it. All right, so we have a sophisticated shopper in our midst who says, be careful if you're buying through Amazon. They will charge you extra something at the end of the year in your taxes. Interesting. So buy directly from the distributor. 
That is very interesting. Yeah. Okay, let's see what it says. Oh, I just want to reiterate too the list of uh, anti of uh, supplements they came up with, which is Shilajit. Um, the therapeutic daily dose of that is a very small pea-sized ball. It comes as a tar. Next is beta carotene. I would say 25,000 IUs of that a day would be fine. Bioflavonoids, we're talking about just basically the pith of a grapefruit. And um, a quarter teaspoon of that or even an eighth of a teaspoon would be fine. Cod liver oil, unfortunately, the therapeutic dose has been established to be one tablespoon a day for an adult. Yes, one tablespoon a day. No, it does not taste good. And no, it will not go rancid. If you take your one tablespoon a day, that bottle will be gone very quickly. And flaxseed, uh, I think the dose of flaxseed that's reasonable is a quarter cup a day. But again, we're talking about minimum results here. So you can do like uh, half a teaspoon in the mix. And garlic, one clove will do you. Green tea extract, one teaspoon of tea. And so you can make a mash out of that. You can do whatever you want. Just get it down. And also for your loved one who's just a little uh, light in the loafers, a little forgetful, a little spacey, uh, just get this in any way you can during the day. And I would say if you could get all those things in before noon, that would be awesome. Okay. So someone asked for an exact recipe. There is the recipe I just gave to you. 90 seconds. Okay, that is it for today's show. As always, things think happens. And on Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I'll be going into more depth at RBN. And next week's topic, doctors blame themselves for over-treatment, for the administration of futile care. So if doctors blame themselves, then why don't they stop? As always. And we'll see you then. Meanwhile, visit Vitality Capsules dot com forward slash candida and get your free report on healing your candida or the benefits of turpentine with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.